you're listening to Coffee Talk with Father Brad. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the Jewish crowds, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever, and the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. The Jews quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life within you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, and I have life because of the Father, so also the one who feeds on me will have life because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Unlike your ancestors who ate and still died, whoever eats this bread will live forever. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Growing up, I went to a camp, a summer camp in North Carolina, Chasatanga, zoned by the Trufants. And Dave Trufant, who led the guys' camp, right, they were separated by a mountain, which is prudent, right? Stick the girls over there on that side of the mountain. There's a big mountain, and then the boys over here. Um, Dave ran the guys' camp, and he taught me many, many lessons in those years as a camper and then a counselor. I'm going to tell you one of them. It was my first year of being a counselor. I was a seminarian, so I had been to seminary for one year, and then I was a counselor that summer. And it was the Saturday night before our first Sunday Mass. Now, in the morning on Sundays, it's a a general Christian camp, right? But there's a lot of Catholics who go. So we have a a non-denominational service in the morning where all of us go. And then we have Mass. So priests uh, come in and they offer Mass. And Dave was talking to the guy counselors the night before. And he said, if you're Catholic, we expect you to be there. You know, we have Mass tomorrow offered. But if you're Catholic, we expect you to be there. And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, makes sense. You know, hold the Catholics responsible. And then he said, "If if you're not Catholic, We invite you to come. We want you to come. We want you to be there. And I was like, okay, cool, cool. Yeah, makes sense. And he goes, and we want you to receive communion. And I was like, looking at the other seminarians, like, are we going to have to take this guy out? Like, uh, (laughs) you know, I was getting my feathers ruffled as young seminarians do, right? And then he said, if... You profess what the church has always believed about what the Eucharist is. And if you take this class called RCIA and, <laughs> and, 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 then you, and then you come into communion with the church and then when you receive the Eucharist, you are, you are living out in your body the reality of your soul that's in communion with the universal church. Dave taught me a great lesson that day. Because up until that moment of my life, I had never said it that way. I had always led with what you couldn't do. 
what you shouldn't do, right? Oh, you're Protestant, you can't receive communion. Oh, you're not, you're not in full communion with the church, you can't receive communion. Instead, Dave said, no, we want you to. You can. You might not be able to today or tomorrow, but I'm going to start with saying what you can do, and we want you to receive. Made an impact on me. But, as he said, you have to believe what the church professes about the Eucharist and have the freedom to choose it, right? Your state in life, you you have to have the freedom to choose it. So today's Corpus Christi homily is, what is the Eucharist? Do we believe what it is? And do we have the freedom to choose it? And because it's Corpus Christi, I'm going to give you another story. Most of the time, the priest only gives you one story, and then he blabs on. Now we get two stories today, because I am feeling generous. So this past day off, I went to visit my friends, the Ansons in Lafayette. I baptized all three of their babies. And Juliana is their second oldest. She's four. And when I was saying Mass, we went to Our Lady of Wisdom on UL's campus, and we were, me and Father Sibley were saying Mass at the altar. Juliana and the Ansons are in the back. I didn't hear this go on, but apparently I just consecrated the Eucharist, or Father Sibley was, I was concelebrating, and Father Sibley had just, we just finished the consecration, and Juliana, and this, I don't know what it's like to bring toddlers to church day in and day out, right? But Juliana, four years old, just yells, that's not Jesus, that's just bread. And Kim, I mean, there's homeschool families. People are like kneeling, like looking, all their kids are like, oh. And Juliana is like over here yelling out heresy, right? Ostensibly. Yeah, she's four. But a lot of people would say that. That's not Jesus, that's just bread. That's what people, some people think about the Eucharist. You know what's interesting though that day? Father Sibley had forgotten to put one of the saboria, one of the bowls, right? The metal, precious metal bowls on the corporal. The corporal is the, the uh, square cloth. And his intention, and it's his intention, the priest has to intend to consecrate. And he's always said, I will only consecrate that which is what's on the corporal. I didn't hear Juliana say that, but Father Sibley on the altar said the same thing to me. He turned to me before we went to go give communion. He goes, hey, that's not Jesus, that's just bread. And then Kim thought her daughter was a heretic. In fact, she's a mystic. (laughs) She literally, I don't know what kind of Holy Spirit awesomeness was happening there, but Juliana from the back of the church knew, I think. (laughs) Guess, Guess what saint? Her vision was the catalyst for founding the Feast of Corpus Christi, St. Juliana. St. Juliana, go look it up. It's pretty cool. So it begs the question, what is the Eucharist then? Well, if you want to know what the Eucharist is, don't ask me. Don't ask somebody two years ago in 2018. Don't ask somebody from 1950 or 15, 18, or If you want to know what the church believes about the Eucharist, go to the source. One to the scripture says today's gospel, John chapter 6. And Jesus says, it's my flesh and blood like a bajillion times. And then go to the early church fathers. What did the early church say? 
St. Ignatius of Antioch, writing still in the first century, so around the 90s. St. John's writing his gospel, this gospel that we read at the same exact time. And St. Ignatius says this, consider how contrary to the mind of God are the heterodox in regard to the grace of God, which has come to us. So basically, these are the, the people who aren't in communion. These are the people who don't believe rightly. They abstain from the Eucharist and from prayer because they do not admit that the Eucharist is the flesh of our Savior, Jesus Christ, the flesh which suffered for our sins and which the Father in his graciousness raised from the dead. Ignatius of Antioch, early church father, early Christian, what did he believe about the Eucharist? It's Jesus. Doesn't tell us how, but he just knows it is. Why? Because Jesus said it. Uh, Justin Martyr, in about 150 AD, not too long after that, he says, this food we, we call the Eucharist, of which no one is allowed to partake except one who believes that the things we teach are true and has received the washing for forgiveness of sins and for rebirth and who lives as Christ handed down to us. That sounds like Dave Trufant language, right? We once should receive, but these are the, this is what your, your, the state of your soul has to be. For we do not receive these things as common bread or common drink, but as Jesus Christ, our Savior, being incarnate by God's word, took flesh and blood for our salvation, so also we have been taught that the food consecrated by the word of prayer, which comes from him, from which our flesh and blood are nourished by transformation, is, is the flesh and blood of that incarnate Jesus. Early church father doesn't say how. He just says it is. Finally, St. Irenaeus of Lyon about 180 AD. These are early, early church. Christ has declared the cup a part of creation to be his own blood from which he causes our blood to flow. And the bread, a part of creation, he has established as his own body from which he gives increase to our bodies. Again, none of these early church fathers, they didn't theologize about it. They didn't try to philosophize about it. They weren't explaining to us transubstantiation. Oh, the accidents remain and the substance changes. That's all good and fine and dandy. But guess what? It didn't matter to them because it was. Right? They, they didn't act like Thomas Aquinas, which we needed Thomas Aquinas eventually. They were, they were just St. Peter. And what did St. Peter say? Jesus turned to him when all the, and it's important in the first part of the gospel, it says Jesus said to the Jewish crowd, it's important that we knew who was preaching to the Jews at that time because the Jews would be abhorrent to this idea of receiving someone's body and blood because of the laws, the Old Testament laws. And they said, this is too hard. They were grumbling amongst themselves and they left. They said, no, we're leaving because we believe you are meaning this in a serious way, really. And instead of saying, hold on, guys, just joking. It was a metaphor. It's just a symbol. Don't leave. I was just making a joke. <laughs> he doesn't say that. He turns to Peter and he says, where are you going to go? And Peter says, you have the, the words of everlasting life. And again, I forgot to turn off the bells. It's okay. We'll just get through it. So that's what the Eucharist is. That's what the Eucharist is. But do we have the freedom to choose it? Paul says in 1 Corinthians, whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be answerable for the body and blood of the Lord. 
examine yourselves and only then eat of the bread and drink of the cup for all who eat and drink without discerning the body, eat and drink judgment against themselves. For this reason, many of you are weak and ill and some have died. Paul's speaking to the Corinthians. He's saying, if you are not in the state to receive, if you're not in communion with the church, with the full body of Christ, then receiving the Eucharist actually hurts you. It actually pushes you further away. You know, sometimes people come to me and, and they, might, uh, they might be struggling in their faith and they hadn't been to confession in years and years and, and they say, you know, it's, it's just so hard to live virtuously. It's hard to believe, like I'm having doubts in God's even existence. And I'm like, okay, well, have you been going to Mass? And they say, yeah. And I'm saying, have you been receiving the Eucharist? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, well, that's the problem. And they're like, what's the problem? Yeah, because your state, your soul isn't in the state to receive. Right? And it actually hurts you, as Paul says. Right? You're living out in your body a reality that's not true of your soul. You're lying with your body. You know, you can't consummate a marriage until you're married. You can't consummate the wedding feast of the lamb until you're married to the bridegroom and his church. I tell this to all my high schoolers and the college kids and even engaged couples, you know, they're like, but we love each other. Like, yeah, well, you're not married. You're writing a check with your body that your soul can't cash. There's no funds in the bank. <laughs> you get it? It's actually true of the Eucharist too. Like we have to make sure we're married to the bridegroom. And then when we receive the Eucharist, you know, Jesus on the cross, what did he say? He said a, a couple of words, he said seven last phrases, but one of them is consummatum est. It is finished. It is consummated. The wedding feast of the lamb, the bridegroom marries his church. We got to make sure that we're married to the bridegroom through his church or will not aid us. If you believe what the church has always received and you are in the state of grace and in communion with his body, the church, then why not receive? And if you're not, ask yourself today, what do I have to change? What do I have to do? It might be as simple as reaching out to our RCIA program, right? To Sandy Rayburn and saying, I want to receive, right? If you, I don't know everybody who comes to St. Margaret and St. Thomas, and I don't know who's sitting in the pew and maybe their wife is Catholic and you're not, or, or the, the husband's Catholic and the wife's not, or maybe you just wandered in here and you're just new and you're like, wait a second, I kind of want to receive, I want you to, maybe not today, but there's a plan, there's a way forward. As Dave Trufin said, I want you to receive. We just got to make sure that we believe what the church professes from the beginning and that we have the freedom to choose it. So if you want to receive, come, come to me after or email me or Father Jamin or Miss Sandy Rayburn and uh, we can... Get things going. Make sure you can receive the Eucharist.